Well, what do you think? I mean, I mean, it's kind of a loaded question, isn't it? I mean, if it stinks, it stinks. It smells bad for everybody. Smell bad for you? Yeah. I mean, what do you want me to do? Make excuses for him? And, and let me ask the obvious question. Last week you said, obviously, Henry's still the starter. Is he still the starter? Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I said, we have two really good quarterbacks. We had a chance to win. We didn't get it done. We'll go back to work tomorrow, uh, and we'll go to fixing it. And that's what we're, we're going to do. A um, lot of football season left, whole heck of a lot of football season left. And I tell you what, I saw a bunch of fighters in that locker room, a bunch of friggin' fighters on the sideline. And uh, that's a football team that's going to continue to improve and get better. They're going to fight to improve and get better. I don't know how many games we're going to win, but I know we're going to fight. Quarterbacks are like dogs. I mean, if you throw them a treat, then they respond. You know, they'll – they get smiles on their face, their tails wag, and you know, and then uh, you know, and then pretty soon they'll they'll be a little more affectionate towards you as far as throwing the ball your direction. You see, and we played some pretty good teams and beat some pretty good teams. You know, so we're we're headed that direction. We got a long way to go, but tonight sure was nice. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that. SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'm doing great. I'm wearing my Arkansas podcast shirt, Mm. which uh, the fans can find over at Public. But, uh, yeah, man, what a time to be a Razorback fan. man! We both had Arkansas winning the game. Very few people did. Mm -hmm. But never in my wildest dreams did I think the Arkansas (laughs) Razorbacks were going to whoop Texas' ass all night long. How about it, Shane? Dude, I will tell you, man, I'm, I'm, I was a little down because my boys lost, of course. You know, it's the first of many, I'm afraid. But uh, I will tell you, it Saturday night was freaking rocking, dude. Not just the Arkansas game, but I was flipping back with the Kentucky-Mizzou. Mm-hmm. I just – I just, it was just – it was so good to see good college football. <laughs> and it was even better to see them Longhorns get that ass kicked. <laughs> And I know it's outside SEC, but uh, Ohio State lost, so that made it even better. And, oh, yeah. You know, after Arkansas won, we got, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of horns down messages, and we got to give it to uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks, Shane. Once again, their social media team tweet mm-hmm. of the night. Let's kick it over to this real quick. Texas is back, folks. Not this time. You're wrong. We're back. No. We got you. When Texas wins tonight. No way. Against the mighty SEC. No way. Texas is back. This one was invented by a writer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. So the fans, man, they got the storm the field after Arkansas's 40 to 21 win over the Longhorns. The Razorbacks now ranked in both polls for what that's worth. And, uh, man, it's a great time to be uh, an Arkansas fan, isn't it? Oh, dude, and and I I would like to issue an apology to to the fans because you know I, I'm on here quite a bit pumping up the Razorbacks and talking about it's a team effort, it's not a bunch of individuals. But I'm going to tell you, man, there were some individuals last night that were kicking ass. I I, I mean, and we're going to get to that when we break down this this game, but. It was just as soon as one felt like he was kind of dwindling, there was another player stepping up and making a big move. So I just, it was just a great game all the way around. Yeah. And how about this stat? Shea, Texas, 118 passing yards, 256 total yards of offense. Mm-hmm. That is worse than any Texas loss under Tom Herman. And there sure were a lot to pick from here. But. Yeah. Let's credit this man, Barry Odom, Shane, who once again, he's showing why he's one of the nation's best defensive coordinators. Uh, everybody and their mother had Texas having their way with this Arkansas defense. 
except for, uh, you know, guys like us and some of the, you know, John neighbors and some of the diehard Arkansas fans out there. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, once again, we find out why uh, Texas wanted Barry Odom, LSU wanted Barry Odom, many others wanted Coach Odom to be their defensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, the offense had their way on the ground, 330-something yeah. yards rushing. So, you know, we got to really credit that side of the ball too. But once again uh, – you know, KJ, man? I mean, whew, how about you know, it's, it, it just – it felt like he finally grew up in front of our eyes, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he everybody was calling him the biggest X factor. And, you know, he really was. He was a bulldozer back there, you know. Yeah. And uh, once he started connected on some of these deep balls and softening up that Texas defense – they just had no answer for that battering ram mm-hmm. coming at them. And, and just, uh, again, I cannot – hell, Shane, I've been saying this is going to happen for about a year. I did not see yeah. a 20-point beatdown come. I mean, the, even that was stunning to me. Uh, cr- you know, credit the Razorbacks for jumping on the Longhorns early and getting that crowd into the game. I mean, th- and that was the difference, man. You Like you said at the, at the start of the show, I mean, mm-hmm. Texas and some of these other teams that hit the road this weekend, yeah, they didn't know what they were in for, did they? No, no. I mean, and that quarterback clearly was under pressure by more than just the players on that field. He was under pressure by the media attention coming in. I mean, this is a primetime ESPN game. This was huge for both teams as far as, far as what they're going to represent moving forward in the SEC. So that you had all that pressure on them. And then on fact, on top of that, you had the crowd noise. And boy, the, the, striped, the striped stands, they looked great. The fan base was out there ready. I wish I was down there celebrating with them after that game, Mike, because I bet, I bet, I bet there's still Razorback fans that are drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's kick it over to Sam Pittman Shade after the game. He was, uh, you know, as excited as you could imagine, talking up them Razorbacks. And uh, he had a great message here for uh, Arkansas Nation. The play of your defense uh, just yeah, really stood great. tall all day. They were, they, they were swarming, and they did a really good job. Our linebackers are really good players. You know, Barry had the idea to go back to our three-man front for the most part. He was multiple tonight, but for the most part in a three-man front going back from last year. Felt like we could stop the run that way. We had so much respect for Robinson and, and uh, still do, obviously. Uh, but uh, that's the way that uh, coach thought he could be, win the game on defense, and and our team bought into that. And certainly the first half, well, the, the entire game they played outstanding, but the first half they just set the tone completely for the game. So Hayden Henry had 15 tackles, two and a half TFLs. It, you just tell how much he wanted this game by how hard he played and you know, he's kind of Bobby Boucher, you know. I mean, the guy goes around and water boy, you know, and he kind of goes around and that's kind of how he plays and uh, uh, very aggressive. But i tell you what, he had a really good camp, a really good camp. And uh, he's playing like we thought. You know, he had the shoulders healed up and got some strength in there. So, uh, yeah, he had a great game. Coach, on that one design, I think it was a third and five, and he snuck Dominique Johnson as a fullback. What did you think yeah. about that play call? We had worked great. It worked. It was a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, uh, but what happened, you know, you had Burks as a decoy. You had the running back as a decoy and then flipped it in there, you know, handed in there to uh, Dominique. You know, we thought it would work, it, you know, especially if they jumped in there bare front. We thought it would work because they were in man. And uh, by golly, it did. And that was a big, big touchdown for us. Really good play call. Coach, I asked you in the preseason about gaining the players' trust, and you had the trust of the players, and you're taking the next step. Now with this game, what's the next step after this? How do you bottle this up and continue it and, and keep this momentum going? The greatest thing about our team, and it happened last year, you know, is when we played a pretty good first half against Georgia, and, and I've said it before, and then went to Mississippi State and won, went to Auburn and had the call at the end, come back home, beat Ole Miss. Our team – our coaches have done a really good job of saying, okay, well, you can take the pats on the back, but when we get in here on Monday, we've got to go play Georgia Southern. They've done a really good job about with that. The next step, I don't know, Trey, I, I think we took a step already, you know, um, that was the number 15 team in the country and they beat a, the 23rd team in the country soundly last week. And I think we have taken a step and, and you now we have to keep, 
to keep climbing. Uh, but, you know, I got to ask a question about, you know, what do we need to do to be an, you know, to be a good SEC team? Well, I mean, we played some pretty good teams and beat some pretty good teams, you know, so we're, we're headed that direction. We got a long way to go, but tonight sure was nice. All right, Chad. So uh, maybe uh, some of the national looking down on Arkansas will stop. And I think that was, uh, you know, not that Sam Pittman gives a damn what anybody thinks of his team outside of, uh, you know, inside that building, but you know, I think he's got a great point here. I mean, it's not like uh, Arkansas was uh, scrubs last year either. And uh, uh-uh. once again, they're proven to be uh, even better this year on the field. For sure. The surprise year was last year, Mike, with that tough right. schedule. This this year is almost expected because of all the players that came back. So, and, and not to mention, I mean, these were great comments by a coach, but – Think about him in the offseason, man. He loves this team. He absolutely – he knew that this is a special program and it just – we needed to see it against a 15th-ranked opponent to finally say, oh, shit, Sam wasn't just – you know, he wasn't just making his team sound good. They, these guys are legit and are going to give the West a, a hard time. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we got so many games, Shane, so we got to move on. Let's kick it over to uh, the night game there in the SEC East. First conference game of the schedule. Kentucky defends home field, beats Missouri 35-28. to And this game, Shane, lived up to the hype. And, you know, this is a weird case because I was uh, touting Kentucky all week after, uh, you know, how they opened the game looked so impressive. But this is a weird situation where I think I came – you know, I'm not down on Kentucky, certainly, after, you know, a, an outstanding performance. But I think I'm even more impressed with Missouri, how they uh, continued to fight, even though they lost the game. Because, you know, I thought Kentucky would win. I thought they'd win a bit by a larger margin. And yeah. it looked early like they would. But uh, Missouri continued to fight. Will Levis continues to make his presence known. And Chris Rodriguez had himself one hell of a day, like we suspected. He would 200 and seven yards rushing, three touchdowns on the ground. Of course, he had uh, some fumbles, Shane. That was kind of – that cracked the door open for Missouri, and they took advantage. Yeah. But uh, this this was a, a hell of a fight that, uh, you know, two really good teams just trading blows here, didn't you think? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, man, uh, Mizzou lost this game, but they're going to win a lot this year. I, I'm telling you, that is a program on the rise, and you got to – you saw that. They didn't – when, when Kentucky came out, guns a-blazing, it, it felt like this thing was going to open wide open. But Mizzou just never quit. It's a scrappy little team, and that's why it got down to the final final drive, which we, we kind of expected when you look at these two programs. They play each other tough. But, yeah, Mizzou, top to bottom, has got a great program. Kentucky, I'm going to tell you right now, I think they got a little bit of humble pie too because they were doing great, but it just felt like – I don't know. Maybe they got a little cocky. Maybe they got a little arrogant or something like that. But they just – they didn't they didn't put this game away when they had opportunities. And they're not going to have that same opportunity on all the programs that they're going to face. So, I, I think this is huge for both programs. And I don't think Mizzou backs down. I'm not worried about their program. I, I truly believe this, this team's going to upset a few, a few folks in the SEC. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, Connor Basilak, I mean, he had a hell of a performance – you're just you're not going to win many games in the SEC throwing the ball 52 times like he had to do, but no. that, he had almost 300 yards. He had four touchdowns. He did have the uh, one interception, so we got let's give Kentucky credit for that. But uh, you know Eli Drakowitz in the second half, man, he I don't want to say mm. he exposed Kentucky's defense, but he knew how to uh, take advantage of it certainly. And I thought late in the game when they block that field goal, I had a feeling they were going to go down the the length of the field and, and scored the game winning touchdown. And I said it, man, they got to go for two here because it, it would have felt like they stole one from Kentucky because Kentucky, you know, t- to me, Kentucky was the better team. Maybe that yeah. had something to do with the home field advantage, but uh, it just felt like one of those where I don't, it certainly would have been luck if Missouri uh, won it, but I, I just feel like they would have felt like they were getting away with one. And uh, how about this stat? Here's here's a wild one, Shay. Tyler Beatty, he leads the nation in uh, all-purpose yards. Missouri's mm-hmm. outstanding running back. He's on pace to be all SEC. But the but the defense, 
dead last in rushing yards allowed, dead last total yards in the Power Five. So they have got to get that corrected because yeah. uh, outside of, again, of fumbles, Will Levis had another interception that was, I think uh, I think it was on him. He threw it behind the receiver a little bit and got tipped. But, you know, Kentucky, again, we, we were both very impressed with Missouri in this one. But if they were playing a, maybe like a Georgia or a Florida, you mm-hmm. have these turnovers. That, that's going to come back to hunt you, don't you think? Oh, that, that's what I'm saying. It just – you, you, you can't – and I'm sure film study, you're going to be able to – Mark's going to find a lot of this, but there were some dumb errors that they made that, that allowed Mizzou to stay in this game. And, and, and I'm not saying that Mizzou – again, it sounds like I'm, I'm making Mizzou to sound like a bad team. They're really not. They're a great team. It's just Kentucky could have won by more. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, if they play like they did against Mizzou, there there's no way they're going to beat Florida. There's no way they're going to beat Georgia. They got to play flawless ball. So they got to clean up all that stuff if they really want to make a run at the East. Mm-hmm. Now let's uh, kick it over to the post game comments, Shane, from uh, Mark Stoops and Eli Drinkowitz. What's some stuff you want to clean up? What's to say about your program? You can make those kind of mistakes and still be quality SEC. Yeah, I think that says a lot because you know you you saw you saw spurts out there tonight where we were we, were, we did some real we were pretty good, and uh, you know I, I just got to get some things ironed out. I mean we we just got to get a better you know killer instinct. You know when we have an opportunity to to uh, ice it and you know the, the, like I said I don't want to single out any one guy, but some of the, some of those things are just really pissing me off. You know we can't fumble the football. There's no excuse for that. And uh, got a chance to really put a put a fork in him, you know what I mean? And and can't do it. No, especially his toughness. I mean, just you know, you can't say enough good things about him. Really, just uh, just you know, so tough. Um, takes shots, just bounces back up, makes you know the the long pass he had uh, that he that that was a you know both you know two two long passes were critical uh, that he hauled in. Um, today that weren't easy catches you know those are those are difference makers you've heard me talk about it in here for a long time you know you got to have some guys that could that could make some big time plays and uh it's nice to have them on our team well i i tell you um i didn't like the the fumble because i felt like um the, there were other things on his mind prior to crossing that goal line and but you know Chris and I know Chris and he came back and he will be a beast and he'll play hard and I have all the confidence in him but that doesn't mean we're not going to correct him you know and and he will he'll get it fixed and he bounced back and he knows he knows better Eli I know I'm sure not tonight you wanted from the the run defense did what what did you see was there any specific issue with with the defensive front or was it just a a matter of a a few different things or what what did you see there we got our butt whipped up front and uh weren't able to stop the run I mean uh, until I watched the film I'm not sure exactly what happened it's just uh what you what you think of the way your team kept it seemed like you made the plays when you needed to make the play I know you didn't have one of the games yeah I'm freaking pr- yeah I'm proud of I'm proud of my football team really freaking proud of them I mean they fought their butt off in a hostile crowd down you know didn't start the game the way we wanted to the second half didn't start the way we wanted to they freaking fought their butt off blocked a field goal and gave us a chance to win the game we didn't get it done um, but there's no reason to hang our heads there's no reason to 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 you know panic anybody needs to panic or jump on Twitter and go crazy like relax it's week two on the road night SEC football game versus a good opponent we had a chance to win we didn't get it done we'll go back to work tomorrow uh, and we'll go to fixing it and that's what we're we're going to do a um, lot of football season left whole heck of a lot of football season left and I tell you what I saw a bunch of fighters in that locker room a bunch of friggin fighters on the sideline and uh, that's a football team that's going to continue to improve and get better they're going to fight to improve and get better I don't know how many games we're going to win but I know we're going to fight along the lines of just one game and taking positives looking forward can you describe the toughness you saw from Tyler Bate in the second efforts and how that can help your team in general he's a hell of a football player I mean I mean the dude is playing his butt off he doesn't get very many breaks um, he's a factor in both the run game and the pass game and, and has to run a lot of routes a lot of yardage I mean, he's a, he's a really good football player, and we need him to continue to be in order for offense to have any chance at success. All right, Shane, next game, got to talk about it. Sorry to do it. Pitt goes on the road, beats mm. Tennessee 41-34. to 
I believe the school record penalty yardage for Tennessee, 134 yards, three turnovers in the game. They didn't force a single one. Joe Milton is uh, throwing passes into the Tennessee River as we speak. I mean, guy's got a cannon, but he just cannot hit those uh, those passes. And, you know, yeah. it, it felt like when Tennessee blocked the punt early in the game, scored a touchdown right away, they had all the momentum in the world. They had an opportunity to just stomp Pitt out, but they just weren't able to do it. And you just got the sense that that was going to come back and haunt the balls, and it certainly did. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Tennessee losing its first game of the season? I hate it, Mike. I mean, I, honestly, I this was a tough game because, like you said, we had an opportunity. We had more than one opportunity. We had plenty of opportunities to, to just blow this thing wide open, just steal that momentum. That the, the crowd noise was a huge factor early in the game. Special teams was hitting. Defense was hitting. And we just couldn't capitalize on great field position. And we couldn't capitalize on great opportunities. Like you said, Milton was hitting guys 10 – 10 yards pass, I mean, not even close. I mean, it's like even if you had a seven-foot receiver, you're still going to have trouble reeling some of these balls in. So, to make this offense work, you have got to have that downfield threat. And I'm going to tell you right now, any team that's about to play the University of Tennessee and that's watching some of these highlights realize that we really don't have a downfield threat right now. However, I'm going to tell you, Mike, I, I don't like the reactions I'm hearing online. Um, I think this is a good – coaching staff i love this new offense because i will tell you right now mike if if this game were played last year Pitt would have blew us out by 30 40 points easy mm -hmm. there's no way we could have we could have hung with them the only reason we were able to hang with them is because we actually have an offense and we have an offensive mind coach and, and i love that idea i love the way this defense played and adjusted after the half that that tells me that we've got a good staff. We just don't have all the pieces, man. You got to re realize that half our team transferred out. Right. We don't. We haven't even had a recruiting class come in. So I'm not freaking out if I'm a Tennessee Volunteer. It, it sucks to hear the word rebuild because we've been in one for 20 damn years, but we're still <laughs> in it, Mike. And and hopefully this one will get us out of the hole. Yeah, a lot of fight in those vaults, like you said. They could have easily. Uh, packed it in when they got down yeah. a couple of scores, but uh, they were in it at the very end of the game. And, you know, we never want to see anybody get injured, but hell, it looked like with Hendon Hooker on the field, I know he had the uh, bad interception there late in the game trying to force one, but the offense looked uh, a lot more in sync to me. And I, you know, I think that's the guy that I've been saying all along, I think needs to be the starting quarterback and it's nothing against Joe Milton, but when you're designing these plays and you got guys, 10 yards open and you overthrow it by 20 yards. I mean, that it just doesn't do you any good. And yeah. with Hendon Hooker in there, uh, I think Tennessee's got a lot better chance to moving forward. What are your, I mean, if both guys are completely healthy, what are your thoughts? Who, who should uh, Tennessee go with at starting quarterback? Right now I'm, I'm, I'm all for the hooker, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. and, and and the reason is, is he's a true dual threat. Milton's got some athleticism in him, but, you know, we, we got him starting because of his arm. Well, I don't care how strong his arm is. I don't, I don't give a shit if the kid can throw 70 yards, Mike. But if he's out throwing the receivers, it doesn't it does us no good. And it seems like he's having a little trouble with the touch, too. And I don't know if he's just amped up because of the atmosphere or something like that. But maybe, he, maybe he's the one that we need to work back into the fold. Let Hooker get out there. Let him – let him compete with his legs because that opens up this playbook extreme. I mean, you saw it. As soon as he came in there, I, I mean, some of these draws, and, and, and I don't know if they were drawn up or anything like that, but it just changed the dynamic of our offense. Yeah, so let's kick it over, Shane, to uh, Josh Heupel. Kind of avoids the quarterback question, but he does address uh, 13 penalties, like I said, team record mm -hmm. here. Uh, really poor performance. I got to clean that up. And, you know, going back to what you said, I mean, there was a handful of key vols not in this game for injury reasons, COVID reasons. And then when you have a number of guys get injured in the game, Tennessee's roster is just not in a place where they can lose 10 guys. And you're, and you're not going to feel that against a quality team like Pitt. Well, not to mention, I mean, this quarterback, I don't know if you knew this, Mike, but the Pitt quarterback <laughs> has a personal relationship with the all-time great Peyton Manning. Did you know that? I did not know it, but by God, uh, ESPN was on a mission to <laughs> let us know. 
Jeez, I felt like this was a Peyton Manning bowl. Not had nothing. I mean, they did, they talked more about Peyton Manning than they did Johnny. Coach, at quarterback, if Dalton was he injured and couldn't go back in, or were you going to make a change? He was, um, uh, couldn't come back. Hannon did a great job, um, you know, coming off the bench, um, competing, uh, giving us a chance, uh, making some plays with his feet, uh, being decisive with uh, the ball in his hands. Yep, there's things that he would want to do better, uh, do differently. Uh, obviously, the last play that he's got an opportunity on uh, where, where we turn it over. Uh, but, you know, I thought our football team rallied around him. Uh, they believed in him. He went out there and competed uh, extremely hard. Um, you know, gave us a chance here uh, in the second half. Josh, you talked throughout preseason about how clean you played in a couple yeah. of scrimmages, and even last week, especially in pre-snap. Yeah. What, 134 yards, where did that kind of come from, and how much did that surprise Yeah, uh, it, it did surprise me. It's, it's not who we've been um, from, you know, taking our helmet off in, in, in celebration uh, early and changing the field position a little bit. Um, you know, we showed those uh, things that happened across the country a little bit on, in our Monday meeting. Um, you know, we're, in, I think, first and seven on, on the goal line uh, going in uh, the student body section and, and uh, have a couple things transpire where you end up kicking a field goal. There's a bunch of things that, that we got to be better at as uh, competitors, competitive composure. Uh, we talked about it before the game. Obviously, we were not good in those moments, um, personal fouls that, uh, you know, occasionally there's going to be a playing penalty from, from snap to whistle, right? If you, you compete and you play hard, Occasionally, those things are going to happen. You don't want them to as a coach or as a player. The things that you can control, though, um, you just can't do. Uh, it changes the way the game's played. And, and uh, you add up all those little things. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities to change the scoreboard on both sides of it, defensively, offensively, and special teams, too. And, and uh, disappointing that we didn't take advantage of some of those opportunities. Josh, with how Hendon played, do you now relook at him as the starting quarterback? Sure. Joe, we do. Consider that now? Uh, we're going to go back and watch the tape and, and evaluate everybody. Yeah, we'll evaluate the quarterback position uh, as well, but evaluate everybody and how they uh, played. And some of that may be more opportunities for other guys. Some of it may be just cleaning up some things that, that they can control and, and, uh, and be better at. All right, Shane, next game. Let's, uh, man, we were prepared to do an emergency podcast and we never root oh. for these teams to go down. No. But hell, it would have been huge news if it happened. Texas A&M survives on the road 10 to 7 beats Colorado and I tried to tell you Shay that elevation it'll get you <laughs> <laughs> Dude you are right man we were 2 minutes out from jumping online and having an emergency pot we don't like them not unless it's an upset which I would we thought about doing the Arkansas Texas one but if it was so late and it was out of hand it wasn't like you guys won at the last minute but uh I had notes ready for this one Mike yeah, and, uh, you know, of course, who would have thought that the Hayes King going down would have such an impact on Texas A&M? Uh, certainly, yeah. we see why King won the job. Not to say Zach Calzada is a poor player, but he really struggled in this one mightily. And Texas A&M's offense, you know, with the new offensive line and everything, no push for the most part mm -hmm. against Colorado. That was a huge, huge red flag. And when that was taken away, Zach Calzada and – you know, we got to put some of this on the receivers, too. A lot of drops, uh, a lot of passes were off the mark, too. But, uh, you know, Zach Calzada was – he was a liability out there. I'll, you know, that's just the way I saw it. Until late in the game, he started making some plays, Dude, including yeah. uh, the game-winning throw. I mean, it, it won the Aggies the game. So, we got to give him that credit to that uh, tough throw he made to Isaiah Spiller. And, I, you know, I was even more impressed by the fact that on the previous drive, I mean, my man's going in to score a touchdown. He fumbles on the inch line and loses it. How many young quarterbacks on the road would have crumbled in that moment? Yeah. And uh, I think uh, – and this is why I have Texas A&M still very high in my power ranking, Shane, because I think we saw Zach Calzada. Not that he's, you know, some elite All-American at this point, but I think we saw him grow up in front of our eyes. What do you think about that? Dude, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Mike, I mean, we could focus on on the negative parts and talk about what we didn't like in this game because there are there's a list. I have a list. But I'm gonna, I want to focus on the good that came out of this, and I think it is Calzada, man, because on that final drive, the drive before last, when he was going down, it, it felt like he put this team on his shoulders, and, and he was not going to take no for an answer. They were going to win this game. In fact, he – you know, I, I, I hated that the replay went 
against him and he fumbled into the end zone. I definitely wasn't excited about that. But like you said, you saw a young quarterback not 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 go there and sulk on the sidelines. He, he when he got another opportunity, kudos to the defense. He came out there and he did it, man. And he was throwing some dimes. I'm talking when they slowed some of these damn passes down. We're talking inches from defenders' fingertips. You could, I mean, he was painting out. He was an artist when it came down to it. And uh, I think that I think if I'm an Aggie fan, that excites me because. We got a quarterback. Now I hate that I don't know what hate I don't know what King's situation is, but I'm telling you right now, if Calzada leads the team next week, I'm all right with that. Yeah, and uh, you know, football truly is the ultimate team game, Shane, because while the offense was struggling, if not for this incredible Texas AM defense, uh they would have been put in such a hole, I don't think Calzada would have brought them back. So uh yeah. you know and had the defense, you know, gotten down because King was uh, out, didn't return. We don't know his status yet at this point. But, uh, man, if they did not man up, te- there's no way in hell Texas A&M's winning this game. So, <laughs> for all the praise we just threw to Zach Calzada, we got to ten times that to the defense because, they, <laughs> man, they, they lived up to their reputation in this one. I got to tell you, man, coming from that Tennessee game, and then watching the A&M game and Calzada just coming together. I mean, I was just like, please, if things don't work out, come to Knoxville, man. All right, let's kick it to Jimbo after the game who talked about uh, that progression from Calzada and his incredible defense they got there in College Station. How proud are you are you Zach after having that fumble with oh. finishing to have the character to do that and make the plays, to start to scramble, he started moving his legs, he started, you know, and sometimes you get thrown in there, things get going too fast. I mean, you know, he has guys open and he misses them. As I call, you flash read. I've, I've been there, man, I played quarterback. And when I call flash read and you see it, but you're going through it too quick, you know what I'm saying? And then and, and finally, the more reps, they slowed down. And I think, you know, he realized he had to do it. And there's something to that now. When you realize you got to do it and you're able to put two drives together and scramble and make throws and plays when you had to. And the throw he made, Spiller was a great play at the end, got to a player and a great throw on a scramble to a third receiver on that route. That was a number three receiver. So, Jimbo, when you look at uh, Zach's day today, would you, moving forward, be encouraged or concerned? Oh, very encouraged. I mean, you're, you're, you're concerned and encouraged. You're both because you've got to fix things, but at the same time, to be able to make plays when you've got to make plays, you can play great. I've had guys play great, but then there's certain times in the game you've got to go make plays, can't make them. And, if, and grade out tremendously. You have other guys, man, that can just find a way to make those plays when it matters. And the one thing you can say, he made the plays in those drives when it mattered right there at the end and on both drives. So, you know, we'll, we'll build on that and we'll tr- fix the other things and move on. And we got to play better around him. The other thing, listen, you have young quarterback. You had a freshman quarterback right there and you got another young quarterback. It's not his job. His job is for the guys around him to take care of him while he grows and what he has to do. Now, he'll do his job, but they got to grow and pull. we got to play really well around him. Clements was credited on that stock, but how big was that on the foot there? Oh, at the end, I mean, just heart and guts and soul. I mean, that's that's culture. That's culture of an organization, and hopefully we can build on that. Defense gave up 54 yards and one first down. Uh, they were outstanding, man. I mean, they, they couldn't they couldn't breathe. And I'll tell you the other thing we did a great job of. We, we condensed our rush lanes. Did not give the scrambles. That guy's really athletic in the runs. And I, I don't know, what we bat, six, seven, eight balls? And there was two or three on the last drive. I, I can think of about six off the top of my head. And there's other ways to affect a quarterback besides sacking him and running up the field and creating those lanes. You know what I mean? They were outstanding in the day. The second half was, was I mean, it was price. It was perfect. It was what we needed because the only way we could win the game. All right, Shane, next, a big game here in Starkville, Mississippi State. Again, we both picked them to win. Didn't think mm-hmm. they were going to dominate quite like this. 24 <laughs> to 10 over NC State. And uh, this was really never even a damn contest, Shane, after Tulu Griffin, who may be the SEC's best return man now, returned the opening kickoff. And Mississippi State, you know, they didn't have much going in the first half on offense. But after uh, the defense stepped up, they've eliminated those big plays. And the way that, uh, you know, just this all-around Mississippi State team was was trending. I mean, the defense was forcing turnovers. Mm -hmm. NC State had nothing going on on that side of the ball. They were getting yards, but that was about it. Uh, Mississippi State just thoroughly dominated a team that uh, I don't know about if you saw this, Shane, but I'd say 9 out of 10 people I saw were picking NC State to come in there Mm -hmm. and whoop Mississippi State. And this thing was never even a damn contest, was Mm -hmm. it? 
uh-uh, where are they at? I want to get them on. Because <laughs> it wasn't these guys. I'm going to tell you right now, man, don't sleep on Mississippi State. I, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't a sexy game. A lot of people aren't talking about it because of the A&M situation and the Ohio State upset. But mm-hmm. be careful, man. Take notice. Mississippi State's got a hell of a ball, a ball club. And what I love most about it is that defense. Did they give up yardage? Yes. If you look at a box score, you're going to say, oh, my God, you know, they were lucky to, that, that this thing didn't blow up and NC State make a ball game out of this. They had a bend, not break mentality. They kind of remind me, man, I went, I went hiking Friday. And uh, you ever seen them little gnats? They like there's like <laughs> twenty of them, just kind of. And you're like, man, I hope they don't come near me because if they do, you know they're going to be all over you for the next twenty minutes. And that's what it was, man. I was picking around my hair, my face. I ate a few of them, I think. You know, <laughs> that that was Mississippi State defense, man. It seems like wherever that football went, there was four or five of them just bam right there on it. Uh, I just I, I love that swarming mentality. This defense is so fun to watch, and the, and the offense is slowly coming along. They didn't have to do much, but this this team, I'm telling you, don't do not sleep on these bulldogs. Yeah, and I think you hit on the key point there, Shane. As the offense gets better and better and yeah. better, heading into SEC play, they still got a couple. They've they've got Memphis next week. That's an interesting game, but uh, after that, then we get into SEC play. Man, they are a dangerous, dangerous team as they're as they're still starting to you know figure it out. But uh, that defense is incredible. Well, you remember we talked about it last week. The growth from week one to week two is the most important, and it felt like out of all the teams in the SEC, nobody well, short of Arkansas probably grew up faster than Mississippi State from week one to two. That that shows me that they're they're definitely moving in the right direction. What do you see from Will tonight, and where specifically do you still want to see him improve to this point? I think he just has to get better overall. I thought he, he improved in the pocket uh, this week. Um, <clears throat> I thought he took uh, command of, of the offense and, you know, was kind of able to keep the energy going uh, throughout the game. Um, uh, had some very key plays, uh, had some near misses. I'd like him to not have the, the near misses, which those are typically footwork, but you know, the defense is trying to screw with your footwork because as in, Hey, put your feet there and we'll hit you, you see. And, um, <clears throat> but no, I think he's improving. And I think is the more he gets tuned in with his receivers, the better it is. Coach, with, with uh, Malik after his touchdown, I, I saw you go over to him on the bench. What was that conversation like with him, and, and what does it mean to kind of get him going after missing last week? Uh, you know, the biggest thing is, is uh, you know, he's really got some ability and does some good things. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, the biggest thing is, is uh, uh, consistency. And that he executed that in in a in a contested part of the game, a tight part of the game, against uh, one of the ACC's more respected corners, uh, and he had great technique. You know, he had really good technique, and you know, I go whole practices and don't see him do it with that uh, uh, that good as good a technique as he had on that play. But he had really good technique on that play. We need a game to do it all the time because then if he does it all the time, then you know, I mean, quarterbacks are like dogs. I mean, if you throw them a treat, then they respond. You know, they'll they get smiles on their face, their tails wag, and you know, and then uh, you know, and then pretty soon they'll they'll be a little more affectionate towards you as far as throwing the ball your direction. You see, and um, and uh, Malik needs to uh, keep giving Will treats so he conditions uh, him to throw the ball his direction a little more often. Well, speaking of a uh, team growing up, Shane, let's kick it all down to South Carolina because uh, the Gamecocks, mm-hmm. man, they were in a dogfight here on the road <laughs> at ECU. ECU comes right out, punches them right in the mouth with a trick play, 75-yard touchdown play, <laughs> and you're just th- sitting here thinking, oh, God, here we go again. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the perfect recipe for uh, you know an upset of an SEC team at home, getting that crowd mm-hmm. going into the game and – uh, Zeb Nolan, this was the worst he's looked. Of course, hell, we've only seen him two weeks here, but uh, very shaky early in the game. He made the critical plays late in the game, but mm-hmm. man, this is uh, 
you know, it's kind of cheesy to sit here and say Beamer ball, but it is what it is, man. Special teams, defense, mm -hmm. toughness. Uh, and, you know, Shane Beamer was just so damn happy for his team after this one came to the end. It took uh, Parker White kicking some clutch field goals here in the fourth quarter to yeah. get to get the win. But, hell, I mean, I think most teams with a first-year coach, with, uh, you know, relatively inexperienced coordinators and youth all over the field and half the roster is a transfer – I don't think most teams come out of this East Carolina game with a win, yet that's all South Carolina keeps doing is finding ways to mm -hmm. win. It doesn't matter if it's uh, pretty or, or not. And uh, I think that's all you can ask for if you're a Gamecock fan at this point, don't you think? And, and that's it, Mike. It's not going to be pretty this year. Just just face it. Face the fact that every victory you get is going to be a hustle and a grind. And that's exactly what they've been able to do. I'm telling you, man, I, hey – First off, lock of the week, I'm 2-0. <laughs> uh -oh. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But as you know, Mike, behind the scenes, I was panicking when they were, uh, <laughs> what, down 14? <laughs> and, of course, I'm I'm trying to bet my way out of it only to find out. And then, of course, I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew it was locked the whole time, you know? But I, I tell you, me and Mike talked about South Carolina probably the most at halftime. And one thing I noticed was this defense was legit, man. This defense is really good. Uh, you know, the offense, eh, stymie. I, 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 it does frustrate me when I see eight, nine in the box and they keep trying to run. I know Harris is great. I know Lloyd is great. But if, if they're going against unblocked defenders, they're going to struggle. And that's exactly what they did. It felt like there was a lot of wasted downs. Uh, it felt like there was a little bit of spark when, uh, when Joyner came in there. Mm -hmm. So, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I, have you heard anything about Luke? I mean, is, is he expected back? I mean, they're not uh, revealing any information yet, but, uh, yeah, I think he's getting a lot closer to the field. I mean, there was speculation that he would start this game, yep. and he's not in a cast. He's in uniform. So, uh, you know, I think he was more of an emergency option this week, and I yeah. expect him to play next week against Georgia. We'll see if he's able to do it, but uh, they'll certainly need him. And we'll get to the Bulldogs here in a moment, but, my God, Georgia looks nasty, and uh, – you know, South Carolina really needs a spark. And like I said, Zeb Nolan showed up in a big way in the fourth quarter. So let's give him credit. Uh, we're not sitting yeah. here trashing him. And, you know, he's been put in such a difficult position. But, uh, you know, I, I got to be honest, most Gamecocks I saw there on Saturday midway through this game, they were about done with uh, Zeb <laughs> Nolan. And uh, I think that speaks to, uh, you know, the quarterback coming in here and making some clutch throws late in the game. It, it speaks to his, uh, you know, mental toughness there. Well, I ain't going to lie, Mike. I was done with Zeb. And, and it felt like he would lock on to receivers at mm -hmm. times, you know, and right. try to predict the routes. And, and, and I think that just just got him in trouble, some stupid boneheaded uh, interceptions there. And, and not, to, not to mention, South Carolina, they're, they're, the box score wasn't, wouldn't show a fumble at the one-yard line and, and little mistakes that they made along the way. If South Carolina can clean up some of that stuff and then they actually have a dual threat – uh, back there where they can throw and run. I think that's going to open up the lanes for these running backs. I, I, I'm, I think you're a little too bullish on South Carolina. I think they're going to surprise a few people. Let's kick it over to uh, Shane Beamer. Man, he was fired up. And, uh, again, I, <laughs> I think he was uh, right there with us thinking that uh, this was going to be a tough one here. Uh, yet Gamecocks continue to find a way. And, and who knows, man? I mean, everybody and their mother is going to be picking Georgia next weekend. Uh, they yep. may they may just pull the uh, biggest upset of the season here. How does this one live up to Beamer Ball 2.0? Man, it was ugly as all get out for a while, but uh, the kickoff return was huge. Scoring on defense, I mean, whatever we got to do to find a way to win. But I'm so proud of these guys, man. Like for all they've been through this past year, to just come out here and and not flinch. And I love these guys, and not, there's not a team in America I'd rather be coaching than these guys right now. What a uh, what a win! I've been a part of some great ones in my career. I just told the team in there, I don't think I've ever been more proud of a football team than, than that group right there. Uh, to for what they've been through this past year, the adversity they've faced, uh, what people say about them on the outside, for those guys to come into an environment like this today to play a really good football team, um, and to to, to withstand everything that we withstood to just never flinch, keep playing, keep battling, 
and then find a way to win that game in the fourth quarter. Unbelievable, man. That is a hell of a happy locker room in there right now, and, and rightfully so. Um, just told them there's, no, there's not a team in America I'd rather be the head coach of than those guys right there. So proud of them. Uh, having said that, we got to get a whole lot better. Uh, I mean, play offense, defense, special teams, uh, coaching. There's a lot that we got to be better at, but we'll worry about that tomorrow. Uh, we're going to celebrate the heck out of this one to come in here to, to not play well uh, offensively, to have some just, again, dumb, dumb, dumb penalties, but then find a way to make a play, make some plays in the fourth quarter and win like we did. Couldn't be more, more, more proud of these guys. So be glad to take any questions. It seemed like in uh, the second half, you guys started leaning more heavily on uh, outside zone, and that was pretty productive for you. Just what, how much of the game plan was that kind of coming in, and what did you see really clicking on that? No, um, I mean, that was part of it coming in. I mean, we got, uh, we're multiple in the run game. I mean, outside, we're going to run outside zone every week. Um, you know, a lot of it was they were heating us up and bringing pressure and, and uh, didn't obviously play great on the offensive line early on or, or on the whole offense. And, and they were bringing a lot of movement, a lot of pressure. But, you know, the biggest thing we did is, is we just came in at halftime. And I told Sat that if we're going down, we're going down, handing that ball to Saquandre White, Marshawn Lloyd, Kevin Harris, and Juju McDowell. And if we're going to get beat, we sure as heck better get beat handing the ball to those guys. And uh, I told the running backs at halftime that we're going – they were going to get the football. And, and, and we felt like as the game went on – I mean, I told – I said it all week, guys, and it's not press conference coach speak. They got a good football team. And they're really, really good up front on, de on defense. So it wasn't going to be easy to just come in here and run the football. But we did feel like we had a depth advantage that if we could just keep playing, keep running the ball, keep wearing them down, keep wearing them down – uh, that we'd be able to get this thing into the fourth quarter and win it. And, and obviously the turnovers are unacceptable. I mean, so to go on the road and turn the ball over, whatever it is, three or four times, that can't happen. You're not going to win many games that way. But credit to our guys for overcoming that. All right, Shane, next on the docket here, ooh, we got a quarterback controversy. Because <laughs> them Florida Gators, man, went down on the road, whooped up like we thought they would, 42-20 to 20 against USF. But the biggest story for me, Shane, I mean, how can it be anything other than Anthony Richardson, who I know he came up kind of limping there in his 80-yard touchdown run, but, mm -hmm. man, I do not know how Dan Mullen continues to deny the greatness that is uh, Anthony Richardson. I mean, <laughs> and this is not a slight against Emory Jones, who is solid, but Anthony Richardson looks like, you know, I'm not saying he's going to win the Heisman Trophy this year, but he looks like he – might be a contender down the line. I mean, he looks <laughs> like a special talent. He led the Gators, Shane, with uh, in passing and rushing. And my man, he threw it three times, and he rushed yeah. it four times. And he still <laughs> managed to lead the Gators in both categories. And this is a team that had 666 yards of offense. So, <laughs> I mean, he is special. If he is healthy – like I said, I know he was limping. It, it looked like he uh, aggravated his hamstring there on his 80-yard touchdown run. If Florida has a chance against Alabama, the only chance in my mind is to have Anthony Richardson out there making plays. Uh, you know, he may not be exactly where Dan Mullen wants him, but I don't know mm -hmm. about you, Shane. I just don't see a scenario where Emory Jones leads Florida to a victory over Alabama. No. And, and, well, yeah, side note, Mike, my oldest daughter actually went to this game. I didn't know. Ooh. I didn't know. I thought I failed as a parent, you know, because I'm a Tennessee <laughs> volunteer. So <laughs> I said, what are you doing there? And she said, somebody she works with went to USF. So they went there. She goes, don't worry. She said, go Bulls. <laughs> but but later on, text me and let me. She goes, you know what's sad? She goes, they got two good quarterbacks and we have none. So I don't know, Mike. I, I'm with you. I, I, I do want to give you props. I, I listened to your nightcap show mm -hmm. on youtube freaking fantastic and i think you hit the nail on the head here you got a quarterback controversy and you got to ask yourself which one gives you the better opportunity to beat the crimson tide and right now i mean i'm on your side mike yeah and, uh, let's give a shout out too to jacob copeland who i mean my god he was a beast in this one five catches 175 two touchdowns both of those mm -hmm. came from anthony richardson so i mean your number one receiver's not to say that uh, he doesn't have a rapport with Emory Jones, but he's got an obvious connection there with Richardson. So, uh, man, this is going to be fascinating. We hope that uh, he is 100% because Florida is going to need him 
for with the Crimson mm-hmm. Tide coming in here next week. CBS, the first SEC on CBS game of the season. I cannot wait for that one. I mean, Anthony Richardson, my God, it just, it's like every time he touches the ball, he does something special. What would you think of his performance tonight and or today? And what's his sad health? Is he, is, was that a pulled hammy? What yeah, I think his playing? hamstring tightened up on him. Um, yeah, he does special things. Doesn't always do the right thing, but he does special things, you know. Uh, so, you know, we got to keep coaching him to, to, to be efficient and, and make sure we're making all the right reads. Other than just the reads and things like that on the field, is there any sort of, I guess, sense of loyalty and seniority that sort of goes into who's starting versus who's not? Nope. I mean, we're, we're trying to win football games. You know what I mean? And I, my responsibility is to put, put, put everybody on the team in position to win. And there's an awful lot that goes into that, you know. And I, 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 know everybody, I know everybody loves just looking at the two quarterbacks. There's 10 other guys on the field on every single snap until I put in our two-quarterback offense, which I haven't shown yet. Then there's only nine other guys on the field. But, the, uh, you know, when you look at those things, uh, my job is to put us in a best position to win football games and develop this football program to be the best it can be. And that's what we're doing. And let me ask the obvious question. Last week you said, obviously, Emory's still the starter. Is he still the starter? Yeah, well, yeah, yes. <laughs> As I said, we have two really good quarterbacks. You'll see both of them play every single game. I, you know what you never ask? Why don't I ask who the starting running back is? Who started today? When Sam starts. Who started at running back today? Do you know? No, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Because we have really good running backs. We roll those guys through. We're pretty fortunate on the quarterback, too. All right, Chad, kick it down to Athens here real quick where, man, (laughs) I thought them Bulldogs would be sleeping after whooping up on Clemson. You know, natural to uh, have a little bit of a letdown. JT Daniels, we thought, was not going to play. And all the uh, speculation was Carson Beck was going to be the guy. Mm -hmm. And then Kirby throws us a curveball, starts the mailman, Stetson Bennett, (laughs) and he responds by having the best damn game I have ever seen from a relief quarterback in history. Five touchdowns, Shane, all in the first half. And, man, this was just stunning. And the Bulldogs' defense is as legit as we thought. They they looked even better than they did against Clemson. Of course, they were playing UAB, but – uh, I was giving UAB a lot of respect because I know how good of a program that is. But considering the fact that Georgia whooped them 56 to seven, I mean, I think uh, Georgia again is, you know, this is this looks like a new Georgia shame where they're not having these letdown moments. You know what? No, no, and and, and that's what I that's what I noticed. Like if you look at last year, there was some moments last year you thought this defense was legit. But you look this year, I mean, these guys are just solid and locked down. I don't, I don't think it matters who's on the offensive side. I mean, if you can't – Clemson can't get three points from you, then you're, you're going to be in every damn ball game that you play. And like you, it did surprise me the mailman came out here and didn't just turn around and hand it off to Zeus. You know, he, he went vertical, which I think is fantastic because that's what this team's going to need to win – the SEC, Mike. This is what this team's going to need. Not just I, – I, I understand it's not JT, but the whole team's got to get used to the idea of going downfield and making big plays. So, I really – I just – I love the aggressive play calling here. This is the Georgia offense we've been hearing so much about. Yeah. You know, and, and I know – again, I know it was UAB, not a top-tier SEC opponent. But if they can get this, combine it with this defense, my God, Shane – this is why so many people like myself like the Georgia Bulldogs to win yep. the SEC. So I think we got a small taste of it on Saturday. And if I'm a, if I'm a Bulldog, my God, am I excited? Absolutely, man. All right, Shane. And I think I, real quick, I, I saw some crazy stat like this team hasn't given up a touchdown in like twelve quarters or something crazy like that. I don't know if that's true. You may have to fact check me, but uh, <laughs> well, I know they haven't this year, so that's at least eight. You know, but mm-hmm. I mean. Think about that. Not giving up. In this day, 2021, not giving up touchdowns. I mean, 
even uh, Nick Saban comes out and says, hey, we're used to, you know, as long as we can keep them under 20, that's a successful day, you know? <laughs> I, may have made that, I may have made that quote up too. So I don't... <laughs> Kirby, uh, can you take us through the decision-making process on uh, starting Stetson over Carson and I guess also what uh, JT's uh, prognosis is at this point? Yeah, JT was able – JT got better as the week went on. Um, really didn't even know anything was really wrong with him on Monday. He took most reps and was fine. It was bothering him some. And as the week went on Tuesday, it bothered him a little more. And, uh, and I, you know, today he was better than he was earlier in the week and actually felt good. Today was the first time he got to really throw some balls uh, down the field in warm-ups. So we hope he continues to improve. Um, the decision to go with Stetson, you know, we're really young offensively. We have a lot of guys that are injured and out, uh, whether it's Kiaris, George, Dar Darnell. I mean, we just have a lot of young players that we're trying to grow up, and we thought that it would give us a calming uh, effect to have him in, his experience, his ability to play in games. Um, and, you know, he played really well and really proud of the way he handled it. And the plan was to play both of them. Uh, we went 2-1, 2-1, exactly like we planned on uh, to get those guys uh Reps. I mean, I'm really proud of the way Stetson's handled himself. Uh, nobody's been better to the University of Georgia than Stetson Bennett in terms of his work. Uh, and he doesn't get, you know, as many reps as a lot of other guys. So I was proud of him and uh, his success today. Kirby, what were your conversations like with Stetson this week with it seeming like the quarterback situation changed day to day? And how do you think he performed today with his first time in extended role? Uh, he performed outstanding. I'll be honest with you, I didn't have a lot of conversations with Stetson. I sent him a text and said, are you preparing like you're the guy? And just said, are you are you working that way? Are you looking at this as, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be the guy or not. And he just said, no, I'm preparing like I'm going to be the guy. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time in there, believe it or not. I don't go sit down with those guys and tell them what they need to do. Coach Munkin uh, does a tremendous job with the offense and his quarterbacks, and we had a discussion. And uh, we decided which direction we were headed after those practices. And we told the quarterbacks exactly what we're going to do. We stuck to that plan. Uh, and we'll continue to do that based on how they practice. Well, Shane, let's uh, kick it down to uh, Nashville where, man, let's credit the uh, Vanderbilt Commodores because we both picked mm -hmm. them to win. But I don't know about you, Shane. I was incredibly not confident in that pick. And once uh, Colorado State went up 14-0 to against the Vanderbilt Commodores, I was thinking, my God, am I going to get mocked for this one? Yet, mm -hmm. uh, you know, speaking of growing up, we saw Vanderbilt, you know, imagine losing to ETSU by 20 points, now going out on the road, being down 14. How easy would it have been for the Vanderbilt Commodores to just, you know, throw it, throw in the towel and, you know, uh -huh. same old, same old Commodores, going to lose, going to be 0-10, 0-12, uh, you know, just the sad sack of the SEC, yet they manned up. Ken Seals bounced back, had a terrific game, and it came down to a clutch kick, man. Vanderbilt finding a way to win on the road. I just think this is an outstanding uh, sign for uh, Clark Lee and his program as they continue to, to build this program back up. Yeah, I mean, last week I thought, man, this is they're going to get their victory, you know. And then after that, I was like, "Oh man, when's when's Coach Lee gonna get that W?" And I, I think this is this is a huge, this is a significant win for that program. Uh, they got obviously they've got a lot of work to do, but again, you're moving in the right direction. Some of the boneheaded mistakes that that caused you to lose to ETSU in the begin with, you didn't see that carry over into week two. That shows me good staff. That shows me that these kids are listening and they're prepping in the film study. That's that's what you gotta have to keep continuing this this trait. You gotta you gotta keep working on it, man. Mm -hmm. Now the other the games here in the SEC shade, you know, not a whole lot of takeaways from these, but Alabama forty eight, Mercer fourteen. The biggest thing that happened, Will Anderson left the game. Status unknown for Florida at this point. And remember, they're already down Chris Allen. So yeah. their two best pass rushers may miss the Florida game, which would be huge. Uh, Ole Miss just destroyed Austin P 54-17. This defense, again, Austin P, but they the defense looked legit. Matt Corral was mm – -hmm. I already saw he was named player of the week. 
Auburn, 62, Alabama State, zero. <laughs> the Tigers, man, man, I'm ready. College game day is going to be at Penn State for that one. That's going to be one hell of a matchup. And then the biggest red flag here, Shane, LSU 34, McNeese 7. Mm. Barely could run on McNeese. And, oh, my God, I'm looking like a damn fool for hyping up LSU this year. God, uh, me it, too, Mike. It, it is not looking too good for Ed, Ed Orgeron and company, is it? No, or my parlays, man. I was like, come on, you got to get 30. I thought, I was, in my mind, I create this narrative that Coach O is going to make up and he's going to show the nation that LSU's back. And I'm just like, we got 17 nothing against me. What is going on down there? <laughs> All right, Shane, now uh, week three, not as uh, great a slate as week two, but we do have some opening lines, Shane. I'm going to throw a couple of these at you. And then the marquee games, I'm going to ask you to guess them. All right, Shane, Stanford. At Vanderbilt, all of a sudden, that's an interesting game. Stanford beat the hell out of uh, USC this weekend. Stanford mm -hmm. favored by nine on the road, so that's interesting. Uh, Tulane at Ole Miss. Tulane, uh, that was the one that gave Oklahoma so much trouble in the opener. Ole Miss favored by 15. Central Michigan at LSU. And, that, of course, they played Missouri tough. LSU favored by 21 points. New Mexico. At Texas A&M, the Aggies favored a 20 by 25, and we don't know who the quarterback's going to be just yet. Georgia Southern at Arkansas, the Razorbacks favored by 18. And then here's the marquee one, Shay. So I'm going to ask you to guess your thoughts on the opening line. Okay. At Alabama at Florida, what do you think for that one? Uh, Alabama 13. I said – I thought Alabama 14, two touchdowns, but – it's actually Alabama favored by 15 going into the swamp. And uh, I don't know about that one. I, th I think the Gators, yeah. depending on which quarterback plays. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's at the swamp too, you know. Right. All right, how about this one, Shane? The get college game day, Auburn at Penn State. I think Penn State, you see they were chanting they won Auburn. Good luck with oh, that, yeah. buddy. <laughs> what do you think the, the, the opening line was for this one? Uh, it's at – it's. Is it at the Plains? At Penn State. Ooh. Uh, I'll go, shit, Penn State three. I said Penn State nine, and it opened as Penn State six, so we, we split that one. Okay. Now here we got an SEC East showdown, Shane. South Carolina at Georgia. What do you think the opening line was for that? Uh, sorry, South Carolina, but I think it's Georgia 16. I said Georgia 24. We were both way off, Shane. Georgia favored by 32 points. Golly. Whoa. Man, these Vegas hates South Carolina. That's all there is to it. <laughs> now, how about this one, Shane? Last one, Mississippi State at Memphis. Going on the road at Memphis. What do you think the line for that? Um, I'm going to go Mississippi State 11. Oh, I nailed this one, Shane. Mississippi State minus three. So that hey, that's oh, that's some easy money right there. I think betting yeah. all that bulldogs. Uh, I think they'll smoke Memphis, even though it's on the road. Logging on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, uh, that's uh, all I got on this episode. Any final thoughts before uh, you know to wrap up the week two weekend here in the SEC? Hey, man, don't panic. All right. Is your program exactly where you want it? No. But there, I'm telling you, there's a lot of ugly 2-0 and teams out there. There's a lot of unhappy 1-1 and teams. So, I, I, th I think you just – some teams, if you got a new coach, man, <laughs> I'm not talking all Knoxville here, but it, we're <laughs> growing, okay? If you – Auburn, it, that's the one for me it is – this is a big game. Mm -hmm. I, I think – I, I think I think this is this is where the 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 rubber meets the road, man. This is what this week three is where we set the tone of the SEC. So if if Auburn can beat Penn State, that shows you how strong this conference is. If this Alabama Florida game, absolutely huge, tells us where these boys are at in the SEC. South Carolina Georgia. I mean, this is a big week, Mike. The 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 fruit the the the, the fluff is done. All right, we're 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 on to some serious action here, and uh, I just 
just man enjoy it because we didn't this time last year man we were afraid they were gonna hang it up because of covid you know what i'm saying this thing's moving strong so i i'm i'm here for it now I'm, I'm just rambling i think i'm out of beer here so you go ahead mike what you got yeah and i just think uh, you know it's early but we've seen like florida state lose to fcs we've seen yeah. ohio state lose at home we saw oklahoma nearly lose at home to tulane we've seen clemson go down already I have a feeling, Shane, and I, hell, I think Miami lost to Appy State over the weekend after losing to uh, Alabama. So I just got this feeling that uh, it's going to be a wild, wild season. It's already been terrific mm-hmm. after two weeks, and uh, I think it's going to be very unpredictable, and it's going to be one of the best seasons yet. And, uh, and I, I cannot uh, tell you how excited I get every Saturday <laughs> and I was thinking should I do these power rank videos on Saturday night I'll be I was too damn tired on week one but week two <laughs> I found the energy and at you know I was up to about 1 32 a.m but it was worth it so I do appreciate all the support from everybody out there and uh and we're just going to keep producing this content man because people keep eating it up you know what yeah, absolutely, man. This is it's what it is, man. It's college football. You want it. You want it now. We want it simplified. I, I just I love the concept. I, I love I love hanging out with you, man. I love hanging out with the listeners. Um, it's the only reason we do it. <laughs> I mean, me and Mike can knock out a conversation twenty minutes on the way to the house. We, I mean, we could do that. But uh, I, I I just love all the content you bring. I love the YouTube channel. If you get a chance, you need to get on there and check it out. Every coach every uh player it comes out with a highlight it mike posts it and, and you you got a place to get it it's that sec podcast it's that simple so uh be sure to like and subscribe that 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 does help us out quite a bit so but other than that mike you know don't 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 bury yourself in alcohol all right <laughs> this is it's just week two uh don't get too cocky out there either okay because you may get your ass beat next week so you gotta be careful uh going into week three but let's let's have fun this week and mike uh i, I hope we got some good news uh coming up this week no more bad news I, i've had enough bad news for this weekend <laughs> absolutely buddy well thanks as always for joining me thanks everybody for tuning in we'll catch you on the next one All right, see you guys. Go balls.